Planet Worker, a world in development. Human Agency and International Development Series. Episode 14, Managerialism and Technologies of Control. A centralization of expertise and technocracy in development bolsters not only ideological coherence, but also standardization of narrative and implementation modalities. The application of these require adaptation to national models that themselves will need reconstruction of institutional arrangements and relationships between the state and its citizens, primarily through revised procedures, accountabilities and incentives. In doing so, expert knowledge does not work to impose universal modernist designs from the centre, but rather to disembed and recombine local institutions, processes or technologies. This process is essential for ensuring alignment to developmentalism and enabling the construction of the social and political spaces within which it operates. Managerialism averts the immediate risk of dissonance and disruption from government actors arising from politicized development interventions. The disruption to cooperative relationships and the failure risks this would present to development interventions in a country or localized context. Emphasizing mutually beneficial economic outcomes and implementing acceptable technical methods allows development professionals and practitioners alike to avoid potential controversy and resistance to external actor intervention. Managerialism serves an important purpose in maintaining the appearance of performance or impact of development interventions and hence political support for development aid. In a circular dependency, Highly technical or managerial models present apparent order and industry in a manner resonant with North publics, politicians and government officials, and is better able to mobilise political support, but at the same time need an extensive technical institutional architecture to maintain it as an enterprise. In this way, managerialism provides both the rationale for political support for aid, while also a basis for concern for its financial perpetuation. The World Bank is a highly influential norm setter for development discourse, and its expertise and ideological concepts and trends signify neoliberal preoccupations. More recently, the bank has invested significant conceptual effort on social development goals of empowerment, equity and social cohesion, and the strategies to achieve these in development interventions within economic frameworks. In this approach, corporatist development methods of participation, citizen engagement and consultation become the means to legitimise prescribed outcomes. This is a shift from a rationale based on vulnerability to one of co-option in reconstructing social and political spaces, shaping development interventions broadly on three overlapping principles, self-help, felt needs and participation which are the appropriate methods for the practice of community development. Knowledge products are important to how the bank reinforces managerialism in development. Founded on theoretically robust concepts, knowledge products must demonstrate features that affirm their applicability in a variety of contexts. They are mostly designed for the development professional or manager and must integrate themselves to implementation operational requirements such as providing predictability, prescription and measurability. Alongside these, participation and empowerment are core concepts in development discourse in that they embody the means for legitimizing development while simultaneously providing the practical means for establishing governability. 
Participation allows for a range of development actors, including NGOs and the state, to expand their governance influence and mediate multiple expectations of development by citizens. We can identify three tendencies in development managerialism. A belief in technical solutions, idealizing and oversimplifying complex societal behaviors and state performance under the good governance rubric and neglecting the specificities of history and context in determining possibilities for change in the present. More than NGO strategies and operating models have shifted with the changes in the development sector, and this has also affected their relationships with Southern NGOs. As Northern NGOs and their staff progressively take on the mantle of professionalization, they have developed an increasing range of managerial mechanisms for managing their development business including contracting arrangements and accountability instruments for partner NGOs. This has been a visible sign of their increasing commercialization, as many of these have been developed in the business world as part of new management theory that recognizes the need for highly decentralized decision-making, while, paradoxically, entrenching top-down regulation and enforcement. Accompanying these accountability instruments are a range of technical planning, and implementation methods that require expert facilitation in their application. These have included notional participatory techniques, such as participatory rural appraisal, that not only require guidance from development experts in their proper implementation, but allow trained professionals to believe that they, even as outsiders, can understand the dynamics and needs of local communities better than local actors and their representatives. In this way, NGO experts both bolster their privileged position while maintaining the devaluation of community-level practitioners. It is not only southern NGOs that are subjected to increased managerialism by northern NGOs. Northern NGOs have also developed bureaucratic procedures that set out stringent requirements of their own local field staff to conduct their work, subjecting them to increasing measures of control and diminishing their scope for independent action. In turn, staff transmit these strictures to local NGO and community partners, thereby creating a chain of transmission from centralized global offices to local organizations. These managerial instruments, together with a technocratic approach to development planning, exacerbated the depoliticization of development and the atheoretical perspective of much development discourse. Development professionals, as experts, are both aware of their role to transmit centralized knowledge in the form of standardized models and discourse, and to configure this appropriately in context. Paradoxically, technocratic methods may provide the mechanism for the influence of the local on the global. Neoliberal development discourse and expertise seeks to appropriate and include new forms of knowledge within its ambit. Through expert-facilitated development interventions, localized knowledge construction and transmission are extracted, adapted and imbued into developmentalist discourse for reapplication in a universal form. This process is itself presented as a legitimizing device to assist with overcoming localized resistance to the imposition of abstracted development technologies, as well as critiques of the development discourse itself. In this way, development both bolsters its legitimacy and establishes the mechanism for its own reproduction and sustainability. Participation has itself become highly professionalized 
through the codification of participatory methods and processes in technical procedures and techniques. As a result, trained facilitators are required to ensure acceptable application of these methods authorised by formalised training courses provided by professional experts and institutions. A differentiation of power between the external expert professional and the trained local facilitator and the participant is established and serves to underpin not only the discrete exercise at hand, but also subsequent development interventions over time. Each has a prescribed role and associated authority. The expert retains and confers authority to the facilitator, while both impose their authority on participants by virtue of their participation in a predetermined process over which they have little control. However, the problem of participation runs deeper than the exercise of power at the local. It is created by a particular way of thinking about social change, one that is deeply embedded in how formal development organisations think about themselves as change agents and about development as something that they do. Inclusion in participatory processes is itself a form of control that reduces the potential for dissent and other forms of engagement, including conflict. Appearing to be benign and liberal, participation therefore becomes a mode of inclusionary control. Participatory methods can also provide the power of selectivity to exclude actors or forms of knowledge that present challenges to or detract from preconceived notions of acceptability. Participatory techniques thereby become the managerial mechanism for removing normative procedures and forms of analysis and representation that complicate the process, rendering complex social relations simplistic and ensuring conformity to the boundaries of the methodological tools. Managerial participatory methods also provide opportunities for appropriation and mediation of localised complexities and disruptions, as well as pre-existing participative activities and relationships, which can be formalised and institutionalised within a development frame. Rather than empowering the participant, the professional's authority and expertise have been confirmed through the appropriation, technicalization and subsequent mainstreaming of potentially disruptive discourses of development. Managerialism, exerted through technocracy, allows the transfer of the political to the technical. The extent of development managerialism imposed by development institutions, particularly NGOs, in many ways presents a more significant challenge to their own employees, particularly conscientized local practitioners. In an effort to manage perceived risks and actor engagements, development institutions impose bureaucratic procedures while instilling restrictions on overt political activity. As a result, politically motivated practitioners often engage in an uphill struggle against entrenched mindsets and bureaucratic structures that remain wary of both political goals and methods. A key strategy to address political risk is the extension of managerialism in the form of technocratic tools and inserting these in the analytical and planning processes. These have included a plethora of tools for analysis of the political, social, technological and economic terrain, as well as a range of stakeholder analyzers and governance or capacity assessments. Perhaps the most telling feature of this approach is the generally disappointing development outcomes in the face of adverse political conditions, despite the application of supposedly robust management tools. While proficiency in the technical application of these tools is considered expertise and applied by the development professional, the content for the analysis and outcomes require localised information 
and knowledge provided or mediated by the practitioner. By implementing these tools, the practitioner is often moderating their own position in their respective political spaces in the institution and their community. As a result, participatory approaches have often failed to achieve meaningful social change, largely due to a failure to engage with issues of power and politics. Another managerialist strategy for addressing political risk is in the form of partnerships and operating agreements with governmental actors. Over time, global development institutions have shifted from working with government to more extensive arrangements with non-state actors, including NGOs. A core element in this shift is the centrality of partnerships at local levels, ostensibly to support community social capital formation and engagement. Despite stated objectives to promote civil society, civic action and citizenship partnership agreements with localised entities more often instil instruments of managerial control in the form of compliance stipulations. Practitioners are often the partnership managers responsible for ensuring compliance to these stipulations by asserting their conferred institutional authority, but drawing upon substantial personal influence and relationships in doing so. Inevitably, success or failure of these partnerships both involve the compromise of the practitioner, the former in their personal political demand. Planet Worker, a world in development.